0: Sego Ani Pam Palmer and I'm the host of this show The Warrior Life. This podcast is a show about living the warrior life, a lifestyle that focuses on decolonizing our minds, bodies and spirits, but at the same time revitalizing our cultures, traditions and practices. It's also about asserting, living and defending our sovereignty on Turtle Island. But there's one really important thing to know about native sovereignty, and that is that there is a collective aspect to it and an individual aspect. Our indigenous nations assert their sovereignty, independence, self-determination, freedom, and nationhood as collectives. However, we as individual native peoples are also sovereign in our own right. And this means that we are responsible for how we live and that includes our health and well-being. When I started this podcast, I really wanted to show how everything is interrelated, that being a warrior isn't just boots on the ground, but that we live in an interconnected environment, and we have to look at our lives, both as collectives and individuals, in a very holistic way. For example, our physical health is connected to our mental health, And that's connected to our fitness, our diet, our relationships with one another, not just with other human beings, but with the entire ecosystem. Now, while I'm a lawyer by training, I've also decided to expand my lifelong learning into health, fitness, nutrition, and well-being. And I've been studying natural health, nutrition, sports and fitness, and holistic wellness for the last few years. I'm not certified yet, but I'm working on it. But at the same time, it's important to note, while I might be a doctor of law, I am not a doctor of medicine, so nothing in this podcast should be taken as medical advice. After completing my first course in natural health, I started to see that decolonization is a much larger project than just advocating to end injustices to our people or fighting legal battles to get our land and treaty rights honoured. Those are important things, but we also have to focus on decolonizing and revitalizing ourselves as individuals. And I don't just mean how we think. I know in universities and colleges and schools, the focus is on decolonizing how we think. But it's also about how we treat ourselves in terms of our physical, mental health, our nutrition, and our overall well-being. Once I started down this path of natural health, I started to do a ton of research, watch documentaries, read a million books because I just literally couldn't get enough. And then I thought, okay, what am I going to do with this knowledge? And I thought that the best way to incorporate it was to put it into practice. And I would use myself as the guinea pig. So after carefully considering all that I had learned, I knew I couldn't do everything at once. So I would start first with nutrition. And while I had expected to learn the usual food guide nutritional information in my courses, I was shocked to learn that the food guide itself has been very problematic. But that's a story for another day. The other important thing I learned about nutrition anyway was how dangerous added sugar is to human health. Not only is it highly addictive, but it causes numerous serious health conditions and diseases. And what makes the situation worse is that nearly all processed foods have some amount of added sugar. And by processed, that means anything that comes in a box, a bag, a jar, or has a label. Now you notice when you're in the grocery store, you don't see any labels on apples and oranges because the only thing in an apple or an orange is the apple or orange itself. So when you think about it, that's a lot of food that contains added sugar. Everything from ketchup, processed meats have added sugar, yogurt, even things like pizza sauce and spaghetti sauce. Just about every single breakfast cereal has added sugar, and sometimes quite high amounts, and even granola. And while many people know how to read a food label and you can tell how much protein and how much salt and fat and sugar there is, manufacturers have found more and more ways to hide the fact that their product has added sugar. So here's a list of words that you might find on a label and they all mean sugar. Sugar, brown sugar, cane sugar, date sugar, beet sugar, golden sugar, grape sugar, icing sugar, or invert sugar. Here's the hint. Anything with the word sugar in it, no matter what type it is, even if it sounds like fruit sugar, is the dangerous added sugar. However, there's other words for sugar that some people may not recognize as added sugar, like honey, maple syrup, sucrose, high fructose corn syrup, agave nectar, molasses, caramel, cane juice, fruit juice, fruit juice concentrate, barley malt, malt syrup, and maltodextrin. And that's not even all of them. There's many 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 other forms and words for sugar. So it's no wonder that parents don't see the hidden dangers in the foods they send in their children's lunches. And yes, that includes fruit juices. They have just as much sugar as pop, and cause the same amount of damage to your health, at least according to the research. And that was a real shocker for me, because I was raised to believe that fruit juice was good for you. But as it turns out, nature is never wrong, and orange is meant to be eaten as it is, with all the pulp and fiber and vitamins, all together with the juice. So then, I learned about all of the very serious health conditions that are caused by too much added sugar. And I think most people would be familiar with the fact that, you know, too much added sugar in your diet can cause weight gain. But the research shows that even more than the intake of fat, that added sugar is one of the main culprits of obesity. Sugar is addictive. It can be as addictive and have the same impacts on your brain as certain drugs. Sugar makes you want to eat more and more sugar. But the other problem with that is that sugar also increases your hunger levels in general. It makes you want more food, especially starchy foods like bread and pasta, otherwise known as simple carbs. And that makes you just want to eat more and more simple carbs like white bread white flour white pasta and white rice are broken down very quickly in your body which causes huge spikes in your blood sugar then it has a big crash 20 to 30 minutes after that making you want more sugar this can all lead to weight gain And the worst kind of weight gain is called visceral fat. And that's the fat that's stored on your abdominal cavity in and around the organs. And it's that kind of fat which is the most dangerous. So you have sugar that can directly lead to serious diseases like heart disease, diabetes, cancer, fatty liver disease, and even mental health issues like depression. And then there's other health impacts that many of you might not consider as serious, but certainly most people would try to avoid them like excessive face wrinkles, acne, cavities, low energy, and even impaired memory. So all those students who rush out to buy pop and candies before studying for an exam may actually be hurting their performance. So knowing all of this, and also knowing that part of decolonizing my mind, body, and spirit as a warrior includes eliminating food that is harmful to my body, which may reduce the amount of time that I get to live on this precious planet or reduce the quality of life that I have. So I decided to dive in and take the no added sugar challenge. It sounded very simple. I researched it all over the internet. I read um, health articles on it. I read about it in my books and there's many different challenges with a whole bunch of different rules and different combinations, but I wanted to keep it simple. So I decided I would follow the most simplistic plan and I decided that for 30 days I would have no added sugar, none not a gram, not five grams, not less than 20 grams, which is the healthy amount, that for 30 days, if I was gonna conquer this addiction, I had to have no added sugar. I could still eat all natural foods with sugar, like fruits and vegetables, but no processed foods if they had sugar. Now, I didn't go and take the extra step of banning other kinds of foods. I didn't ban all carbs. I didn't limit other foods, for example. I decided that for this first step, just no added sugar. But this also meant that I couldn't have honey or maple syrup because ultimately, sugar is sugar. Now I made this decision shortly after Easter. Because I was literally surrounded by evil chocolate bunnies and chocolate eggs everywhere. And I just, the, the pull to eat these chocolate goodies was incredible. So on April 28th, I decided, that's it. I am not going to be a prisoner to added sugar anymore. So I announced it on Instagram. I decided to make myself publicly accountable and accountable to my family, and I dove in. And any of you who've been following me on Instagram will know that my 30-day journey has had some ups and downs. The first couple of days were actually easy. I was so pumped to be doing this for my health that I thought it was going to be so easy. I knew the science behind it. I knew all of the reasons for doing it. I thought, logically, this is a no-brainer. So days one to three, they were easy. They were a total breeze. And then days four to eight hit me like a ton of bricks. And I'm going to be honest because it would be really disingenuous of me to do a podcast or do an Instagram post and say, oh, so easy. Anyone can do it. Days four to eight, I felt horrible. I had a severe headache that would not go away, and at times it started to turn into a migraine. I had the shakes, I felt cold, I couldn't sleep, I felt like I was grinding my teeth, I was horribly cranky, my poor family, and I had a terribly upset stomach and bowels. It was just awful, like every minute I was thinking that I wanted to quit. But I survived those days and then days 9 to 20 were much better. The physical symptoms all went away and I felt normal again. In fact, I actually felt lighter. But then the psychological attachment to sugar started to kick in. I obsessed about sugar all day. I talked about it all the time. I was constantly telling my kids or my partner, Oh, I really want a treat. Boy, I wish I could have a chocolate bar. Boy, I really want a piece of pie. It got to the point where, if I was working in my home office or uh, my office at work, I would stop working and look around for my usual stash of goodies and felt really anxious and unsettled with it because it had become such a habit to munch away while working for hours and hours at my computer. After a long day of work, I found that especially difficult because I felt like I needed to have sugar as my reward for the day, as my snack for relaxing, as something to uh, watch Netflix with. And I'm sure my family got tired of me talking about wanting sugar all the time. But then that phase passed as well. And then came days 20 to 30. And I started to forget about the no added sugar challenge. And even lost count of which days I was on. It was getting much easier. And by the time day 30 came... I was so happy that I did it. I actually made it 30 days with no added sugar. And let me tell you, that's a challenge. It was essentially me eating primarily whole foods for the entire time. And it really made me read and reread all of the food labels at the grocery store. And it also made me become very creative. So instead of, um, you know, eating jam on something, I would actually just mush up some raspberries myself and just eat it like that. Let me tell you, apples, bananas and blueberries saved me on many, many occasions. But I feel lucky because I felt supported by the family and everyone on Instagram who sent encouraging messages or who went on the journey with me. But then the big question everyone was asking me was, what am I going to do to celebrate that I won the 30-day challenge? And I have to admit that during the last, you know, maybe 10 days, I would kind of fantasize about what will be my reward for having met the 30-day challenge. Because historically, my rewards have always been something with added sugar. So I thought, well, maybe I will have a big piece of apple pie or a cupcake with extra icing as my reward. And then I'll just go back to a normal sugar intake. I thought, well, you know, I have every freedom to do it. I did my 30 days. I met the challenge. There's nothing stopping me. But I wasn't sure. There was something like really unsettled in the back of my mind. So I thought, I'm just going to delay making this decision. So I went to work the next day after my big sugar victory, I was looking in my desk for some pencils and I saw a bag of trail mix with nuts, raisins, and those mini chocolate chips. And it literally stopped me in my tracks. Like the pull of those chocolate chips had my mind racing that I could eat this and then maybe go get a pie for dessert and have a whole week of eating treats. And then I could go back to healthy eating and I knew right there with all those thoughts racing in my mind, I was nowhere near cured of this sugar habit. So I threw out the package and decided right then and there, I am going to recommit to another 30 days. Maybe someday I'll be able to enjoy the occasional piece of pie or a piece of birthday cake, but right now I know that I can't. So here I go again. I've recommitted to another 30 days. I'm on my journey of decolonizing my diet and revitalizing my warrior health. And I wanted to share this journey with you all because sometimes people make these things look easy. You'll see documentaries or YouTube videos or famous people in commercials saying, oh, look at how logical and easy it is. But it isn't. It's hard and sometimes it's painful. But some of the best advice I got was wouldn't you rather be in pain from your body healing than be in pain from a preventable disease that could also shorten my life or impact the quality of my life? And I thought, that's good advice to follow. And then I thought, what's the worst that can happen if I fall down? What's the worst that can happen during my next 30 day challenge? And I thought, well, here's the worst case scenario. Dwayne The Rock Johnson could not message me on Instagram, ask me if I would love to meet with him, take some selfies, hang out, and maybe have a piece of cake. And if that happens, I'm telling you right here, right now, of course, I would go and take selfies with him and eat a piece of cake. But as soon as I got back home, I would start my 30-day challenge all over again. And I would be okay with that because it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to live life. It's about what you do next. And what I would do next is try and try again because after all, it's for my health. And if we're going to be warriors, we have to have warrior health to make sure that we're in it for the long haul. Thank you all for tuning into my show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd also like to hear if you enjoyed the new podcast music. Um, I decided to change it from the last one. Change it up. See if anybody likes it. What your comments are. What's your feedback? Let me know. And if you like my podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing it, liking it, and sharing each episode. I'm currently hosted on SoundCloud, but you can also listen to my podcast and download it from iTunes, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And make sure to leave me a comment if you've tried the 30-Day No Added Sugar Challenge and tell me how you made out. Am I the only one that struggled with this? Let me know. You can also follow me on Instagram as Pam underscore Palmiter and we can carry on the journey there together. Till next time, keep living a warrior life. Walalia.